Yeah, this is the time that we all been waiting on. The moment all the naysayers been hating on. See, they've been talking down on us and flexing. It'll take more than that for you to stop a Houston Texan. A lot of teams talking tough and can't back it up. But not the boys on Kirby, so you can pack it up. Reliant Stadium is where you can find us with the whole city. Yeah, Houston, Texas standing behind us. See, we've been waiting on this one for 10 years. Sacrificing our bodies with blood, sweat, and tears. But now we're focused and we're showing no fear. When we blast through the tunnel, you hear the crowd cheer. Deep steel, blue, rowdy red on the Liberty White. We came dressed up and ready to fight. We are the mighty Houston, Texas, and we don't play. So now I guess it's only one thing to say, baby. All right, guys, welcome back to another edition of Texans Unfiltered, a Houston football podcast for your Houston Texans. I am young Ari Gold, and as usual, I'm joined by my co-host, co-host, and friend, the guard of Texas, John Wade. John, what up? Did you forget how to talk? I know we took a yeah. little bit of a break. Yeah, we took a two-week break, and, you know, as, as that happens, I tend to lose my, my, uh, my mojo. Um... Yeah, you didn't do any interviews or anything. I mean, you've just been... Yeah, work's been nuts. I've been traveling a lot, which I'm not supposed to be. And um, Yeah, it's just... Hasn't been ideal, but um, I am working on some other things. Oh, don't let me forget. I want to talk to you about another podcast idea after the show. Um, But I don't want to talk about it on the air yet. (laughs) Um, Well, did you at least say caught up on Game of Thrones? I did. I watched it all. You know how, you know, okay, so uh, I I actually, the last two days have been in Corpus Christi um, with my uncle. He rented a houseboat, and it was just me and him. We did nothing. We just sat around, drank, and stayed on a boat. It was great. But the Wi-Fi was awful. And so the only way we could watch Game of Thrones was with it buffering for 30 seconds after every minute. So it took us three hours to get through um, the episode. And maybe that's why I wasn't too pleased with it, because there was no flow for me. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I think the season... Actually, I, I thought it was going to be the reason that you didn't rage. Like, I was expecting a lot more rage out of you. I mean... I, I mean, I think I saw the one tweet where you were like, y'all ruined the fucking show. But other than that, you been pretty calm. Did yeah, I? you said something about that. Did I? Yeah. There was there was a tweet along those lines. Man, I, if I I must be tweeting a lot lately because I um I don't remember most of my tweets anymore, so I don't think that's a good thing. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not a good thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just like, whoa, look at that heat, and then that was like that was like it was like two weeks ago. So in Twitter timeline, that's like eternity. Yeah, it's true. So, I, but it just stuck out to me because I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, if you saw it, you're you're a very analytical person, so I must have said it. Um, no, I think this season has been um, average at best. I think the ending was okay. Uh, I think there was a lot more that they could do, but they kind of mailed it in and just wanted to get through it, it seems like. And it is what it is. I'm kind of glad it's over, to be honest with you. Uh, I was tired of going on Twitter and like Monday and Tuesday, like my whole timeline was Game of Thrones because I don't like that. I mean, I like the show, but I don't, I wasn't really into it like Entourage, even though it's a totally different type of show or uh, Sons of Anarchy or things like that. Um, but it was a good show and they've done a lot. And I was hoping that this would be have the typical HBO finish that all series have on HBO. And uh, I don't think that we got that. No, they, I mean, 
we maybe we're gonna do a little Patreon or we kind of get into it a little bit more. But everybody's complaint about them rushing the ending is is definitely true. And right, it is what it is. I mean, I've invested almost twenty years into that fucking series between because I started reading the books way back when. Um, because I am a geek like that, so to see it end like that by the TV show was kind of a disappointment, but. I think in a in a few years we'll get either movies or something remade if uh if George Martin ever finishes the story they'll remake it because it'll be a completely different story. Well, aren't they doing a prequel or whatever? Yeah, apparently there's like three spin-offs in in development. See, I'd be okay with a spin-off of just Arya. Um but I don't want to see a prequel. And what's what's shocking to me is that HBO is going to do a prequel. Because they've had and spinoffs, they've they've had they've been offered to do so many spinoffs off of, off of their shows, and they have great shows. I mean, that's what they do, and they've always declined to do it. So I hope that HBO is the one that does it. But if this goes somewhere else, I'll really be concerned. I, I'm sure it's HBO that's going to do it. I mean, I, they apparently offered the uh, producers or the writers for uh, the, the Double D's. Um, they were like, yeah, you can do 10 seasons of the show. So they could have done two more seasons, full seasons with at least 10 episodes in each season. Like they gave them the budget to do that. And it was the writers that decided they were done. Lazy writers. No, lazy I, writers. and I mean, I don't even blame it on, cause they're right. They've got, they're going off to write Star Wars. I just think that. Oh, great. I think that they got pissed off cause they didn't, they signed up to adapt it, not to, to actually write the story. And you can uh, tell towards the end where it's kind of like, this isn't what we signed up for, dude. Like, this is a fantastic novel that we're not going to be able to do justice and everybody's going to hate us for it. So let's just get it done and get it over with instead of – because no matter what, if they had stuck around and done another two years and done full seasons, all this hate – I mean, it's been around for the past two seasons of the show. Everybody's been talking shit about it. So, you know, they were probably just like, we're done. This isn't what we signed up for. Yeah, I don't believe them. Uh, how are you recovering from your, um, rockets? Yeah, I'd rather not talk about that. Okay. And then okay. you, uh... I know, there seems to be some heart in love in me, and there seems to be some rocket love in me. I'm not, I'm not liking a lot of my most recent <laughs> tweets. I feel like they're going to come back to haunt me if maybe in the next couple NBA seasons. I mean, the more you watch James Harden, he, he is a player. Like, Jesus fucking Christ. I get so, no, I get so mad at it's not even how it ended sucked like it really did. We needed just one more player to kind of really just step up. If Capella doesn't disappear, if CP3 just had a little bit more juice in him. But what really sucks is the national media how we choked it away. Yeah. That oh uh, yeah that's why that's actually why I'm pissed off like. Even without Durant, the Warriors are still a phenomenal team. Be- they, they might be better. And they well, they play a completely different style of offense. They go back to yep. And it's just, I just hated the narrative around it. That was worse than the loss. It was just the narrative around it. And hey, at least we didn't get swept. Like, yeah. Do you guys think he would have won if you had LeBron James over uh, James Harden? No. Okay. I would have traded you LeBron James for Jaden Harden if you said yes. <laughs> if we had LeBron James <laughs> and James Harden, we would have won. Yeah, uh, I don't know. 
now. Harden. He's a great player. He's a, well, he's a great player, and he also fits D'Antoni. Like, they, they right. really complement each other well. And I don't know if – I mean, it's hard to say because LeBron James is he's, – he's a top two or three player all time. All time? Yeah, LeBron James? I'd say he's, like, top five right now, but sure. I mean, I just from, like, an athletic ability standpoint. Oh, yeah. Athletic standpoint, he's number one. And you can't really argue that. He's got – and, I mean, he, he may not be the most competitive ever. That's the problem. However, yeah. from a physical standpoint and the uh, his ability to take over games, no one else can – there's no one else in history that, that really can do it like he has. No, he's just not – Take over a game, Well, he, he, he there's an he, argument. But, yeah, skills he, he just, and he athletic – He agree. doesn't have that – I don't think he, maybe he does. Like I don't know. I don't know what's actually in his head, and that's what's so hard. But I don't know if he would necessarily mesh with D'Antoni the way that Harden has. And I don't know. And I'm I'm well, I'm, 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 to, I'm always a little tar, guys. You know that. I, as much yeah, I, I think. Good. As much as I probably shouldn't be, I am. And I just. Well, the Rockets, let's be honest, there's not that much – there's a lot of good role players, but there's not a lot of crazy talented guys on that team. A lot of good role players, good – I don't know. Oh, I can hear the frustration. Yeah. yeah. This was our year. If we beat the Warriors, we, we would have – same last year if we beat the Warriors – Last year would have been yeah. easier. Um, I think, God, this is really turning into a Rockets podcast, and I don't like where it's going. Um, I honestly believe the biggest issue is Mike D'Antoni. Um, that offense has been – I mean, I know it's not the exact same offense as what he had in, in Phoenix, um, but if you look at the playoff records that he had, uh, the West wasn't even as good back then. Um, you had the Lakers, and that was it. And then the you just it doesn't work anymore. It's great for the regular season. It's super fun. It's high scoring. Um, it it really works. But when you get to the playoffs, you just can't bank on that style of play to get you far. And now maybe you can without the Warriors, but and you probably can without the Warriors. But when you have a team like the Warriors, I feel like that the coaching is where you have to win for you to be able to beat them. They just have too much talent. I completely and disagree with that. We're the only team we're the only team that gives the Warriors any sort of trouble and we don't have nearly as many, as much talent as they do. That's fine. No, that's fine. You but that's because you guys score a lot of points. What I'm saying is is you can sprinkle in that offense. But as you saw, the lobs to Capella didn't work. Uh, the ISO didn't really work. There was a ton of turnovers, whether it was Harden or CP3. Um, I, I just feel like there are things that he needs to do from an X's and O's standpoint to mix in with the offense to be able to beat the Warriors. But <laughs> I don't know if he can do that. And so if he's able to add different things to the offense while also having the good parts of the regular season offense, I just think that there's a better chance. Um, the fact that Capella completely disappeared, like, I don't really know what to say about that. Um, I mean, a big has never been 
unless a unless the big is a shooter, a big has never been good in D'Antoni's system. And even though he had a good regular season and a good playoff until he got that, actually the round before, what was that, the Nuggets? Right? Yeah. No, yeah. The round before he disappeared towards the end. But um, I just – I wish that – I don't know. I just – I don't see a D'Antoni offense winning against the Warriors. It's pretty much how I see it. Well – Thankfully, the Warriors won't be the Warriors next year. So, well, we'll they see. may be just as good, though. I mean, I know they may not have KD, but they probably won't have KD Green or um, the other one. Well, they'll have Clay if KD leaves. You think? Yeah, because they can offer him a max. See, they were all taking discounts before this, but when KD leaves, they have a max slot open, and then they'll also have uh, Boogie back, and he's going to be cheap. Uh, and his injury isn't anything like it was previous. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. There's there's a lot going on. This is going to be a very interesting offseason for the NBA. I hope that you guys can trade for Anthony Davis. And there's ways to do it. Or get the guy, Joel Embiid. Or I don't know. There's got to be something, but you guys got to add one more piece. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that. We've been one piece away for way too long. And unfortunately, like, you guys have to do basically what we did with Brock and find a way to dump CP3 because what you guys – if you guys would have actually gotten more out of CP3 in the first four games, I think this series would have been different. If we would have gotten CP3 that you got in game five, one through four, I think – well, I guess one through two because you guys won the second two. I think this would have been a different series, but – that wasn't what happened. Yeah, and we we knew we were on borrowed time with CP3. It was – you were just kind of hoping that he could put it together for just stretches. But, I mean, it is what it is, and he's he, he aged quick. And, yeah, we've got to – they've got to figure out some way to move him. And if anybody can, it's Maury. So, we'll see. That's right. All right, let's get into some Texans. Um, my favorite Texan, Ryan Griffin. Guess what? You get a special plug. Get the fuck out. Here we go. You're fired. And in case your ears are fucked, get the fuck out. Yeah. Bye, Ryan Griffin. Did you get to hear that, John? I did hear that. Yay! Ari Gold makes an actual uh, appearance on the uh, Texans Unfiltered podcast. Ryan Griffin is cut because he's a pussy. Thank God. <laughs> do you have an, Do you have another drop? I mean, there, there's a lot of emotion in that. I was so happy to get that fucking text. I the guy's a wasted roster spot. I said it all of last year, and now where we're at, it's like okay, Kahali, the Jordans. Darren, uh, you have you. Why'd you punch a wall that day? Why didn't you punch a wall the day we took Darren Phils? Because the writing was on that exact wall you punched at that moment. Us drafting Kali wasn't the reason you got cut. You got cut because you can't do anything in this offense for us. No, he was living in denial, and yeah. I mean, he had a his best season was his rookie season. He had glimpses the one year with Brock, but that's it. I mean, he really – we he, 
we always talked about him. He, he, if he took the next step, he could be a great complimentary piece. And dude didn't even reach levels of Garrett Graham. I no, no, I'd take Garrett Graham over Ryan Griffin immediately. And did he really hit a peak with Brock, or was Brock really uh, he could only throw it ten yards accurately, so he threw it to Ryan Griffin? <laughs> Maybe the same thing. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. Ryan Griffin, you're a wasted roster spot. I'm glad you're the fuck off my team. You don't even deserve any more airtime than that. We have three very young tight ends are going to be extremely good. Um, One is looking like a beast. We'll get into OTAs. Um, The other Jordans were good last year. And then Darren Fells, we need the blocking. So it is what it is. I really don't want to talk anymore about Ryan Griffin because I don't think anybody even gives a shit, to be honest with you. Now, if it was Peter Griffin... I think we we could probably have an actual conversation because Peter Griffin deserves to be on this team. Peter Griffin? Wouldn't you? Yeah, from Family Guy. Like, seriously? I'd rather have Peter Griffin than Ryan Griffin. Just throwing it out there. He's a lot bigger. He probably could block. He's got a little bit of an attitude. He's beat the shit out of a chicken before multiple times. Um, I'd take Peter Griffin. All right. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't watch. I haven't guys, seen his scouting. So. I, yeah, I haven't seen his scouting profile. I don't know, but if I had to guess, he'd be a better player than Ryan Griffin. Um. Anyways, I don't even want to say his name ever again because it just gets me mad. All right, so I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to give you three topics, and we could start at whichever one you want. We could st- talk about this stupid ass trade scenario that the dumbest person on Twitter, Matt Hammond, has put out there. Or we could talk about Gerald McCoy, or we could talk about OTAs. Let's start with OTAs. I think that's what everybody wants to hear. That is what everybody wants to hear. Uh, The press conferences today were great. Uh, I got to see some of the practice clips. Uh, Lots of good scouting coming out of uh, OTAs right now. Uh, There were a couple things I pulled away from the press conferences today. One of them was very eye-opening to me, so I want to start with that. so DJ Reader at his press conference today uh, was asked about camp and things like that, and he said this. He said, there is a heavy emphasis on competition this summer. Now, John, what do you get out of that comment? They say something along that lines every year. It's just it's just talk. They're trying to – it's that whole no roster spot is guaranteed. Anybody can come in and take – Anybody can come in and take any position. Now, the good thing that you hear a player saying it instead of just Coach O'Brien is they're still Correct. they're still bought into it. Because it's yeah, O'Brien, and I also think O'Brien said that has said that year in year out. But the fact that a player that's been around for a couple of years now, like Reader has, and he's still saying it, that's actually a good sign. It means they're still bought in on what O'Brien's saying. So yes, that that's one of the parts of it that I uh, that I'm taking from it is that he's still bought in, which is fantastic. It's what we need. The other part is, like you said, Bill O'Brien says it. I don't know. We'll hear him say it probably five more times before our Week One game against the Saints. Um, but the way that DJ said it sounded somewhat surprising. Uh, it was more like, yeah, there's a real emphasis on competition this 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 camp, and it's like, huh. Why? Why did you say it like that? Like uh, his wording was very, and and his tone, the way he said it, it was just like, 
okay, so maybe camp's a little different this year. Maybe 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 all the the BS we've gotten in the past wasn't accurate. Maybe this year there's a little more fire under O'Brien. The things maybe are operating a little bit different. I mean, they've always said competition always matters, but then we would all get frustrated because obviously it didn't. Uh, they did value draft Ryan position. Griffin. Yeah, or they, they would value draft capital. There was guys that were seen as as O'Brien's kind of like pet guys, the guys that they picked out that they're going to run them into the ground to see if they work before they fell. Um, and that's actually, like I said, it kind of ties back in that we've seen that and we have our opinions on it, but the, the players still buy into the competition mattering. And hopefully right. now that they've had enough of between the two drafts and now O'Brien's been here for a couple of years and Bill and uh, Brian Gain has been here for two years, that they've got their people and their personnel in, that they can really start to have their competition instead of the guys that they like. Because at this point, it's yeah. all their guys. No, I agree. I'm hoping that you're right, but I, I it just I, I don't think I've heard a player say that before in in their player interviews. So that and then for it to be a player like DJ Reader, um, it just for me was just a little more enlightening than than hearing it from Bill O'Brien. But um, I just I found it interesting. I wanted to make sure I pointed that out. Um, Justin Reed had. I mean, I just I think I can listen to him talk forever. Uh, smart guy. When he talks about Deshaun Gibson, he's basically like attached to the hip um, and is teaching him what we're doing in in Texans land, but Deshaun is teaching him so much more with all his experience. Um, it, it's nice to hear that Justin Reed is, and it's funny because there was a comment like they asked him about, you know, what's different this year? And he goes, well, you know, I'm more comfortable. And then, but he clarifies and goes, I'm not complacent. I'll play special teams. I'll play wherever the coaches need me to play. But now I'm just more in a routine and have a better understanding on what we do and how we're going to accomplish what we're set out to accomplish. And I'm I'm super excited to continue to improve. You're going to hear that all the time. But I just I like that he clarified that statement. But Justin Reed is just – I really hope that he really takes another step because if he takes another step, that's a Pro Bowl safety. Yeah, I mean, he's – I'm one of those believers that I think Justin Reed's going to end up being a pro, pro Bowl safety before it's all said and done. Um, he's he's an absolute player, and it's interesting that him and him and Tashawn Gibson both say that they have similar skill sets. Um, we've kind of already discussed that in length how we believe the Texans like to play more of a two shell type look. So Gibson should actually be a better fit than the Honey Badger. Um, which still boggles my mind that they pursued the Honey Badgers intently as they did. And then you go out and you find arguably a street free agent for a quarter of the price who is a much better fit for what they are going to try and do. Yeah, no, um, I agree. I think I think we're going to be good. And, and to top it off, I, I would love for, beyond being a Pro Bowl safety, I would love for him to be an all-pro safety. Because uh, that's truly what matters at the end of the day. So yeah, it, it's just it's nice to hear. All right, let's get into some of these rookies. Um, there's a lot of talk right now about Kahale wearing. Um, they're 
our people and scouts and reporters that we we follow and, and trust uh, that are truly starting to get excited about this guy. Um, I don't remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, the last time we had this much excitement around a tight end. No, we haven't. I mean, this and Kali Warren, he's he's a specimen. He's got the uh, same build as Gronk, not quite as athletic. Um, he's got a lot of yard after the catchability. He'll probably end up. He looks closer to Kelsey and skill set, and to Travis Kelsey and skill set. And that's not to say that he's going to be near either one of those. But the fact that he's we have a player on the roster of that sort of potential is exciting. And he apparently looks like a man among boys out there. They were talking about he's the guy that just pops at rookie training camp, and then he steps on the field at OTAs, and he's still popping. So, yeah, it's exciting. But he's also a tight end, so we got to manage our expectations. Don't get too down on him if he comes out and, and he just doesn't do what we expect. I mean, I can fully see us doing something very similar to how we were last year with Jordan Akins. Why aren't we throwing it to Collie? Why aren't we throwing it to Warren? Why is he not getting more snaps? He's a tight end. Don't expect too much from him this year. But, yeah, he. from the sounds of it, it sounds like they found themselves a player. Yeah, and tight end, it's, what is it, three years, John? It's usually two to three years. Yeah. Um, and if you look, if you if you take Eric Ebron, for example, in Detroit, he never panned out. But then you saw him last year in Indy, and it, it worked. So, it takes time for the tight ends to develop, and we do have two other tight ends that will likely get more snaps than Kahali to start off. But if he continues to impress and continues to be what we're hearing, those snaps could start to go his way. I mean, some of the plays and the clips that we've seen, now we have to always keep in mind with OTAs, you know, there's no touching, there's no tackling, um, you know, there's, there's no pads. But when you watch his separation and his break off the line, there's not a lot of tight ends that you see that have that break going into a route. And the catchability that he has in separation, he just – I don't know, dude. I'm I'm really trying not to be the OTA hype guy because I don't ever really get into OTA players. But watching him play, it – it's starting to teeter a little bit for me. Well, also keep in mind, when there's no contact, that's when tight ends look the best because they're not fighting through blockers. They're not fighting through defensive linemen or linebackers. That's when they always look the best. Um, linebackers and and linemen can't cover. They have, they have to hit them at the line of scrimmage. I mean, that's just the way of it. So a athletic tight end always looks better during OTAs then he'll look once they start with contact. And that's when the real test comes. But no, I mean, it's exciting. Again, I I hope that he succeeds. I, I want him to be awesome, but we'll see. Again, you can't, you've got to manage expectations this time of year. Yeah. No, that's what it's all about. Uh, let's get into Titus Howard and Max Sharping, not just Titus Howard, because uh, both are looking good in camp. Uh, a lot of people are talking very highly about them. They're saying they're very tough. Lunch pale guys, you know, those words are being thrown around right now. Uh, but you're not going to see a ton from the tackles until pads are put on. It's pretty much just the way it goes with tackles and offensive linemen in general. 
you can see technique and you can see, you know, how their feet move and their hands and, and all that, which is great. And that's what you want to see in OTAs. But this is really more about for the rookies getting acclimated to the routine, the playbook, um, things like that, getting acclimated to the team. Uh, but it's exciting to hear good things about the tackles. I wonder, John, if we would be hearing exciting things about these same tackles if we had a good offensive line last year, uh, or if it's just more out of desperation the fact that we really need tackles. No, that's that's a fair point. Um, the fact that they're already talking about Titus Howard's feet being better than Julian Davenport's, that's something. Um, so we'll see. I mean, you can see you can tell footwork, but apparently there was a couple of times where where Merciless just made Howard look silly, and that's also going to happen again. You gotta, we have to manage our expectations with all rookies. I know. Y'all are probably going to get tired of me saying that, but it's good to be excited for him. Um, at this point, I don't think Brian Gain has done anything to prove to say that he's bad at drafting anybody. We've only had one draft class with him, and his first one looks like it's been a pretty good class. Like Kiki Kuti still looks like a monster out there if he can stay healthy. Of course, we were just talking about Justin Reed. Um, the Jordans both look like they'll definitely be contributors with um, with Jordan Thomas, like – as much as we're all getting excited about Kahaley Waring, don't forget about Jordan Thomas is an absolute monster. Like, that's not even a joke. He looks like a left tackle that can run like a gazelle. So don't forget about him. And Jordan Akins, they've been moving him around literally every single tight end position. They've had him already play during OTAs while they were opening. They were just moving him around that much. So – it's exciting, and it's it looks like we had a pretty solid draft. And so at this point, if we get similar results out of the second year, we'll just see. I mean, everybody – not everybody, but there's a lot of national analysts that love what the Texans did, but there's a lot more that are saying that we had one of the worst drafts ever and we've now fallen so far behind the Colts. So, Which – is an easy narrative to have right now. So those guys get zero credit for that take. But uh, all right, let's move on to Lonnie Johnson. It seems like the red zone is where Lonnie Johnson is making his presence known. And that is, uh, that should be known going into camp or OTAs is the fact that he, I mean, he's just very lengthy, has long arms. Um, he should be able, that's where you should see him at his best is there's not a lot of space to cover. Um, but, the good thing is that we have another corner, and we have a young corner that is lengthy and can play man. Uh, let's just hope that it turns out to be the player that we need because, John, as much as we need tackles, we need corners almost just as bad. Yeah, I'm honestly more concerned about the uh, the corners than the tackles. Uh, between Sharping and Howard and... Davenport and Rankins, there's been enough sunk into the offensive line that it's going to be better this year. I, you can post it, frame it, say it as many times as you want and hold me completely accountable next year. I'm going to say it right now. I have zero doubts that the offensive line is going to be better next year. Corners, God help us. I have no idea. Lonnie Johnson... 
there's some clips out there that he looks like he he's going to be a player. There's other clips that it's like, oh dear God, please, I hope he doesn't take a, a lot of snaps this year because he's going to be a work in progress. He's a physical specimen. He's bigger than Justin Reed or almost as big as Justin Reed, but he plays corner and he can cover. So yeah, he's he's already there's already been some plays I think in the uh, in the end zone from the reports that we've read that he's actually shown how beneficial his size is. But at the same time, there's been a couple of players that have literally put him on his ass, just juking him out of his out of his cleats. So yeah, not only that, I mean, if you're only good in the red zone. I mean, they're still going to walk away with three points. So, um, I mean, let's hope that that's not where – that's not the only place we see him shine in the regular season because if so, uh, it's going to be a long season because J. Joe's 35, Aaron Colvin is an unknown, uh, Bradley Roby, I believe, can be the guy, uh, but he signed a one-year deal, so we don't even know where his future will be. Uh, and then there's some undrafted guys making noise. Jermaine Kelly maybe will make some noise, but it's we won't know until week one. No, we I'm again. I think that preseason will be a lot of fun this year. I think that the team has overall more depth and more size than we've seen in a long time. So it's just how will that translate? And we're Still about one year away, I think, from our offense absolutely exploding. But this year will be will be interesting to watch. I agree. No, I agree. I think that I, I think this will be a fun year. I think we can make a little bit of noise. Uh, a lot of it's going to come down to the areas that we've been talking about for the last six months, which is the corners and and the offensive line. If those two can be above average, I think we'll be fine. Uh, if the uh, let me rephrase. If the offensive line can be average, and if the cornerbacks can be just above average, I think we'll be fine. But it's going to take everybody being healthy and everything else that we all know can that can hurt this team and what we've seen in the past. But, uh, I, I mean, we have so much more time to go that we're just going to have to keep our hopes up. But you're right. I think it's going to be an exciting uh, offseason uh, and training camp. I think there's going to be a lot of hype around a lot of these guys. And just remember to tamper your expectations a little bit because – or temper. Don't tamper them. That'd be weird. Uh, But temper your expectations because you're only going to hear positive things, really, when it comes to this time of the year. Yeah. I mean, we all want them to be positive. Right now there's no score, so it's easier to be positive. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, Let's get to Colleen – because – Gillespie? Gillespie? The fullback. Let's get to the fullback. Uh, do you think we see him at linebacker at all? No, we're just going to see him as a special teamer. You don't think that, like, in a pinch, if he needs to on third down? In a pinch, but it, I, I don't see it happening that often, if ever. Yeah. Um, he, played, he played linebacker in college. They moved him. He's apparently a hell of an athlete. Um. Apparently, he's a much better athlete than you expect to get in the last round. So, again, we'll see. It's the same story for all these guys. They, Our class does have – this year's class does have a lot of potential. 
And I know this time of the year with the OTAs and rookie, and they just got done with rookie camp last week, all we want to talk about is this year's draft picks and what sort of impact they're going to make on the team. But at this point, he, what, seventh or sixth round pick? I mean, there's no guarantee that he even, that he does anything. Seventh round pick. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know. I just was thinking about it when I was listening to his interview. But, I mean, you definitely want to root for the kid. He's from Houston, uh, has been a fan of the Texans. Um, and the Texans need a fullback that can block and also catch. It, it'd be an interesting dynamic, but we've been saying that for a long time. Um, what else do we have I in think OTAs? Well, I think that it's going to be interesting because that, him and Jordan Aikens, it seems like their roles would be overlapping. Whereas potentially. Cullen, Cullen Gillespie would potentially contribute more during special teams, but for that kind of an H-back role, I don't know. I don't it, – it makes it a little interesting to see what they're going to do. I, I, I'm starting to think that Aikens is going to be more tight end wide receiver than halfback now. I think that's how we carry four. Is I think that we'll carry the five wide receivers, and then Aikens, who played wide receiver in college as well, um, will take some snaps at wide receiver if the depth gets hit. Yeah, we're going to have an interesting discussion when it comes to to the final 53 this year. So, But there's a long way to go. Yeah. Uh, what else at OTAs you got, John? Uh not too much. About it. Yeah. Yeah. Are I we mean, it's just day one. I mean, there's been two total days so far that they have opened to the practice one day with the rookie camp, one day with with OTAs. Yep. You worried that yeah. Hop that Hop and Watt and um and Clowney have all decided not to disrupt OTAs? Yeah, it's a bit weird. For Watt to skip OTAs is kind of strange to me. Are you there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Got scared. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm wondering if they'll be there tomorrow. Eh, I, I mean, at this point in their careers, it, there's absolutely nothing to worry about any of them taking taking the days off. At this I love point. I, I love that there's no narrative around them taking the days off, but everything's about how Clowney won't check in. It's great. Well, that's because Clowney hasn't signed his tender yet. Right, and that's literally the only reason. Yeah, and but it's uh, we we talk about it way too much that everybody makes them Clowney and Harden. I don't. It's the same sort of thing. I don't know what they have done to piss off the national media. Clowney, even the local media, everything he does is wrong. Every yeah. single thing he does is wrong. There's nothing that man can do that's going to make the media happy because he was taken first overall. And while he has put in together a very, very solid career, it has not been a – it's not been a, the career arc of a guy that's going to be an all-time great. So we're all disappointed. That's pretty much what it boils down to. All right, let's get into this dumbass trade scenario I saw by the the dumbass on Twitter, Matt Hammond, who I've grown to truly hate with his hot takes. They're they're just awful. Um, he put out a trade scenario, and it was great because everybody was basically telling him he's an idiot. But he says that the Texans need to engage in trade talks with the Jets 
where the Jets send Le'Veon Bell, a first-round pick, to the Texans, and the Texans send Jadavian Clowney and a third-round pick. What do you think, John? You want to do that trade? You do. I knew you would. I knew you would. I knew you would. Go ahead. This, this is what happens when you have too much time to yourself. Matt Hammond, I, I, I'm not going to – I don't I do not do personal attacks. But he's He has thrown out some things in the past that are well thought out. But he does a solo show. He used to do one on Periscope. He used to be on the radio. But it was him ranting for an hour with no one to bounce any sort of ideas off of him. So at this point, that's exactly his problem. He doesn't have anybody to bounce these things off of off of before he just announced them to the world, and we all look at him like, dude, did you think about this at all? Well, no, him and uh, Aaron Wilson just started a Texans podcast. Did they really? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Where at? I don't know, somewhere on iTunes. Aaron Wilson. Yeah, from the Kron. Yeah, I know. I mean... Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I, exactly. Exactly. Uh, but guess what? Guess what? They're not. And this 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 should have been this should have been the opening. Guess what? They are not right now, John. What are they not? They are not the number one independent Texans podcast. Do you know who is? That'd be us. That would be Texans Unfiltered. Your number one independent Houston Texans podcast because of you guys. So thank you for that. That We should open the, the show with that, because who would have thought two and a half years ago that we would be the number one Texans podcast? It's insane. It's um, It was a great day when, when Preston shared those the screenshots with me and, and told us about an article written about us and all that. Like it was, um, it was extremely cool, and the fact that we started late compared to most and we are the number one independent Texans podcast is insane to me. And... Ever since then, we've been having to turn down ads and things like that, but it's um, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. No, that's absolutely remarkable. I mean, y'all is no. See, I was gonna I was gonna be self-deprecating here, and it's like y'all really that many people listen to me with my awkward pauses, but no, they're here for you. They're here for you, James. And no. No, they're not. They're here for us. And it's a perfect dynamic. That's that's awesome. However, that also says something to the other Houston Texans podcasts out there. Like, y'all, seriously, step up your game. We would like something to listen to, too. Yeah, I mean, I – yeah, I agree 100%. I think – it's just – it's crazy to me, the fact that, you know, two guys that met on Reddit started the number one Texans podcast. That's – no, I mean, and we the the following we have, y'all are absolutely phenomenal. That's what yeah, that's, that's, what, that's, that's what makes every single podcast out there when they luck out and they get a, a core group, and we've got a great core group that we've got to come up with like a name for. But no, nah, y'all are y'all are what makes us awesome, and the feedback we get and the questions we get, and we don't really have a producer. Like half the time we talk about stuff because y'all bother us about it, not bother like in a bad way, but. 
because you poke at us. It's like, hey, talk about this, talk about that. So we do. Yeah, I mean, I, I get emails from listeners that tell us, hey, you guys should talk about this, or they'll lay out like an outline, and it's like, God, okay, yeah, you're you're right, a hundred percent. It's uh, it's a very engaging fan base. It's it's just it's awesome to have people that every Wednesday want to run to their podcast platform to listen to us, and it, I'm, it means a lot. I'm more amazed that y'all get aggravated we we don't put something out. Yeah, that's the <laughs> yeah. If we take a if we take a break one week, it's like. Uh, where is it? Why isn't it came out yet? It's like, oh, you know. Well, one time it was happened. because we're idiots and we completely deleted a show. But yeah, yeah, we we definitely need to clean that up. But we're 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 getting there. I think the uh, audio has gotten ten times better since we switched to this platform. But um, and then having Preston uh, be able to uh, edit the podcast and put it up has been nice. So shout out to Preston for for helping us out on that. But. Uh, yeah, the show's. I mean, the show is the show, and it's great. And I, I can't believe we're going into our third season of it. It's 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 kind of insane. No, it's been all right. Enough, enough of that. Fun. Enough. It's been fun, and it'll continue to be fun. Um, all right. So let's get back to because now your awkward pauses are making me a little uh, queasy because I feel like you actually like that trade scenario. Yeah. No, I don't. Oh, okay. Whew. I was about to say. I, we, I don't know if we'd be able to do the show still if that was literally something you agreed with. I feel like it's you, the di- I feel like you never listened to me. I'm like I'm adamant about not paying running backs or you know drafting them early. I've already no, said, I know I've that's already why I was going to be so mad. I've already said that I will probably throw my desk over when we draft a running back in the first round next year. Um, so we probably will definitely have to have like YouTube video or some sort of video going on during the draft next year. Because that's a real possibility that we draft a running back in the first round next year, and you're going to see me flip my shit. Um, yeah, no, it's a horrible trade. It's a horrible trade. and Well, speaking of horrible uh, trades, you want to send a third for Pat Pete. I said fourth. Oh, fourth. Okay, my bad. Definitely didn't say third. Either way. I would still send a fourth. No. It's six games, John. It's six games, and he's still under contract for another. Yeah, two but he years. can't practice with. Them. And he's still, so what? He's twenty-eight. You don't need him to practice. He's the best corner in the league. You put him on a side, go play ball. No, he's Pat Pete. He's not. It's not AJ Bouye. It's not Kevin Johnson. It's a shutdown corner on one side of the field. Ascending a fourth-round pick for a guy that's only twenty-eight and is still going to be able to play for the next four years. Absolutely. You're not going to get that production out of a fourth-round pick. I love Pat Pete for what he's been, but who knows what he'll be after this. Oh, stop it. Stop it. I mean, We're not doing that. What do you mean? He's getting suspended for half the year for a performance enhancer. 40% of the year. Oh, shit. Six games instead of eight games. But... No. Just saying. You, it, you wouldn't trade a fourth. No, I would not. That's fucking crazy. I think it's wow. crazy that you would trade a fourth. I think it's crazy because you always talk about how we everybody overvalues draft picks, and here you are getting an instant starter on your team and has been known as the best corner in the league, let alone the best man corner, and has the speed to stick with guys that he would need to stick with in this division. And you wouldn't give up a fourth-round pick. If you go back and look at the last ten fourth-round picks, I think you'd probably say yeah. If it was an injury, 
this is where you're going to think I'm crazy. If it was an injury, I would because he could at least be in the facilities. He could be learning the team. He could be learning the culture and all that. Whereas you're going to take him six games into the season and just drop him in there. We saw how well that worked out with Demarius Thomas. Two different players. And not only that, two different types of positions. Well, I mean, Thomas I mean we've all known how wide receiver is in this offense. He wasn't 30 yet. I mean, that was one of the things. Yeah, he was. 29. He was 29, so he wasn't 30 yet. It was one of the things we actually did. A lot of injuries. It was one of the things that we kind of defended about him. It's like he still had a little bit of time left. Now, Pat Pete could potentially have a lot of time left, or he could be potentially almost done because he's about to hit that age where he loses the speed. Oh, my God. I don't even know who you are right now. I know. I'm such a disappointment. I just – it's not disappointing. It's shocking. I'll never be disappointed in you, John, but shocked? Yeah. Wow. All right. Well, let's get back to this dumb trade scenario. So – John, why would – even though Adam Gase, which is what I'm assuming this is stemming from, Adam Gase says that he uh, didn't want to go after Le'Veon Bell the way that they did and pay him that amount of money, um, they're not going to just eat his, part of his contract to trade him, which is what they would have to do in this situation. And then on top of that, send us a first-round pick. So they're not going to do it. And then the Texans aren't going to do it. Because that doesn't help their team this year. I mean, we're talking about a guy who hasn't played in 19 months. What what, what are we going to get out of him? Sure, he's a great pass protector. He's a very, hesitant, a very patient runner. I mean, but you $14.5 million over the next three years? Yeah, and of those three years, he's not going to – Maybe two of them, he'll still be elite-level production. Maybe. Third year, that's when the wheels, the wheels are going to fall off of him. He's a running back. It's just what happens. There's and the, he's, he's not, miss he's not Adrian Peterson. And he's gone from running – one of the things about everybody – don't forget about the Steelers is one of the advantages they have is an absolutely phenomenal offensive line. And yep. that's not going to exist on the Jets. It's not going to exist on the Texans. I mean – Maybe we'll get really lucky, and it does, but let's be realistic. It's not. Javion Clowney, for as much as everybody complained about his injuries, the type of player that he is and the position that he plays, he can easily play another seven to ten years. So, yeah, you sign Clowney, and that's it. There's not – you'd have to go out there, and you'd have to get a shutdown, elite-level corner – and a draft pick to trade Clowney. I still stand by that. That's about the only move out there that would make sense. Yeah, and not only that, Le'Veon Bell's going to miss games, whether he's dinged up or he's smoking pot. Uh, It just doesn't make any sense. There's no value in this for really either team. Um, I think the Jets end up winning that trade because you're right, Clowney's going to be able to play like this for the next six to seven years. Um, and they'll likely use him properly. Uh, um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just one of the dumbest trade scenarios I've ever seen. Let's move on to the next topic. Uh, Gerald McCoy was recently cut by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and then literally an hour later they signed a Dominican Sioux, which is great for us because Tennessee was supposedly uh, in the Dominican Sioux running. Uh, so good. He's not in our division. Thoughts on Gerald McCoy 
Gerald McCoy's potential of joining the Houston Texans? He wouldn't play nose for us. He'd play more of a defensive end. Correct. Um, that could potentially be a very good move. Could you? It would imagine upgrading Christian Covington to Gerald McCoy. That's what would happen. They he would play the position exactly like Covington did, except he's a little bit better than Covington. So and he's a, he's a great guy. He's yeah. he's high high character guy. No issues. He's not an Adamican too. Um, he's a great player. Uh, you're right though. The I mean they they run a base four three. We run a three four slash four three hybrid. He would play more end than anything else. Uh, occasionally he'd play in the middle with DJ, but and and if he does, in those four three looks, uh, good luck running on DJ and Gerald. You're not going to be able to. Um, especially with Clowney and Watt on the opposite sides, um, or Watt and Omanua or whatever. Um, it would be a very interesting thing. Now, do I think that they'll do it? No. No, I don't. What do you think, John? Yeah, they won't. They've already kind of demonstrated that they are, unless it's their guys, they're not really looking to build through free agency. They'll buy, They'll bring in role players. But the type of contract that it would take to to bring in McCoy, I just even on a prove it deal, it would still be more than I think that they're looking to pay. Yeah, he was supposed to make thirteen million this year. He's not going to get claimed on waivers because nobody wants to pay him that. Uh, he'll probably sign like a anywhere from like a six to nine million dollar one year deal, which seems to be the going rate for good defensive tackles now. I was going to say between eight and eight and ten was my guess. Okay. But okay. Um, either way. Um, He'll be – that'll likely be it. It'll be a one-year deal because that's just what it seems to be the going rate now for no tackles. It doesn't seem to be on the rise at all. So, um, all right, John, what else do we have for today's show? I think that's it. I think we hit everything. We actually got more out of out of this than I thought we would yeah. for <laughs> For hey, if anybody has any connections that can get us into to OTAs and or, or minicamp, I mean, I think all we, have we to, could use I them. think all we have to do is apply now. Do we have enough viewers to get a press a press pass yet? I mean, I would. Or not viewers or I would assume listeners. I would assume so. I mean, if if the other ones do, I don't know why we wouldn't. Um, I think the only reason we don't is because we're not looked at as professionals. Um, you know, we cuss occasionally. Um, we don't have like a, uh, an established website that we're constantly writing about. Um, I mean, we have a w- established website. We just don't write on it. And I think that those are the things that would make Amy turn us down. But I, I mean, we tried the last two years and they said no. Now maybe it's a little different. But also, do we have the time to go down there on uh, Sundays for the games and practices through the week and things like that. I know I don't. That's one of those things that if we actually could go, I would probably figure out a way to make it work. Yeah. I mean, I'd be able to go sometimes. I just, I wouldn't be able to commit to it being a normal thing. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, thanks guys for joining us yet again on Texans Unfiltered. You guys can find us on all of our, all podcast platforms. It doesn't matter the name of it. It doesn't matter how small it is. Just search Texans Unfiltered. We are there. You can find the number one Texans podcast on iTunes. 
and Spotify and everywhere else. Um, make sure that you guys go to our patron page, patron.com backslash Texans Unfiltered. That has been a tremendous help for us. We really appreciate it. We love all of you guys and really appreciate you guys supporting us. Really doesn't matter if it's a dollar, ten dollars, twenty dollars. Uh, film analysis is about to start here in the next coming weeks. Um, and we appreciate you guys joining us for the last pre-show that we did. Uh, that'll become a regular thing as well. But uh, join our Discord. Go to our website, TexansUnfiltered.com. Uh, and with that being said, I am Young Ari Gold signing off for Texans Unfiltered. We'll catch you guys next week. When they had our backs up against the wall and said that we couldn't stand the pressure, we still got it done, man. When they said the clock was winding down and it wasn't enough time to get it done, we still got it done, man. Now it's our time to sign, it's our time to keep it 100. So we gonna go out here and show them how true we are, baby. So you better get out the way, cause we coming for it. It's all for one, and it's one for all. Let's go. Thank you.